Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? It is episode 11 of Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. What's going on, man? Uh, good times, bro. Good <laughs> so time. I've got something I want to run by you. I want to see if you think you could do this. Yeah. So I made a decision yesterday because I was going through my closet and I got too much crap. Yeah. Right? Like I, I sometimes look in there like this is ridiculous. Like you accumulate stuff, some stuff I buy, but some stuff you get for free. I am going to go one year without purchasing any new bit of clothing item. What? Shoes, clothes, impossible. anything. Impossible. You're saying it can't be it done? It cannot be done. Why not? It's human. It's impossible. <laughs> like, what? I see the shoes that you come in with. Well, exactly. Like, I have enough shoes to last yeah. me a year where I don't need another you pair. Have that, the need is one thing. Like, the impulse to go out and get something new and fresh is a whole different ballgame. And you have no to, self-control when it comes to that. I, I am going you. to use discipline. Here's the one caveat. Here's the one thing I'll give myself a little yes. bit of leeway. I'm going to sell some stuff because I got too much junk. I'm going to sell it on eBay. I'm going to put it <laughs> online. Maybe we can do it through the show account. We'll even pump it out there. Get some. Right. I'm going to use that money if I have that urge to shop. So no, that's a huge caveat. That's not doing what you said you were going to do. <laughs> All right, no, I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it's no new money. No going new money is no going money. towards clothes. So you, now that we're you know partners in this venture together, this podcast, you have to hold me like, accountable. Are you a, are you a hoarder or are you a liquidator? Because I'm a liquidator. Like I'll my go wife in there. is a liquidator. She's she? clearing and out everything, which yeah. drives me nuts. But so I'm you're like bit, my wife. Yeah, you, you guys like to hang on to it. Like, yeah, I'll go in if I haven't worn it in like. Six months, it's got to go. I'll be pissed like two months later because I want right, to wear it, but right. I, I get rid of it. See, I'm going back to the well because, you know, styles come back around again. Yeah, it's true. Fashion it's is cyclical. Sick. It, it is. It's it cyclical. All right, we got a huge show to get to. We have a little MVP discussion. Uh-huh. What type of stuff do you look for in an MVP? And we're going to do our top five. It's Wednesday, so we got to do a top five. But first, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest NBA players of yeah. all time, he had a interview with The Guardian, and he had a pretty – eye-opening quote he said the nba has surpassed the nfl as the league of america's future what do you think Uh, i i tend to agree and i know that's my nba bias and people are going to point to that but i i agree with a lot of the points that kareem made i feel like the nba as a league on a whole is more progressive than the nfl um they are out in front of a lot of these social causes that are that are um, you know intertwined now with with sports. Um, I feel like the NFL is is reactive, and the NBA to a degree is proactive about it. Um, our stars um, are much better across the social media spectrum, like Le- LeBron and 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 um, you know D Wade and and Chris Paul and James Harden, like Russell Westbrook. Not to mention that I I feel like the in game experience for NBA fans. Um, is better than that of, of like NFL fans. Like the merger with Nike as the new company, the apparel company, and some of the things they offer um, in terms of like the chips and the jerseys and the, you know, the, the, they've just made it even better. than. And, and I believe that it was already, it already was better than the NFL's. But I just think when you put all of that together um, and you have facial recognition, like with a lot of our stars, like you know um, 
who the eighth man on the bench is for the for the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, half these guys are wearing helmets. You wouldn't know them if they were standing next to you in the line for the movie. So I, I think he's I think he's on to something. I don't know that it's it, I don't know that it's already surpassed it, but I think it is the league of the future. So you gave all those reasons, excellent reasons. Yeah. You know what you didn't mention? What's that? Safety. Yeah. The injury aspect. I was doing uh Mike and Mike a couple years ago, and I had some comments about the NFL. And I felt like there's a war on football, right? And it got mocked on social. The guys, the guys that pardon my take had some fun with it, but I feel there there is a very real attack on football. I don't know where it comes from specifically, right? Whether it's uh, intellectuals, you know, people that are smart and oh, look at this game, there are a bunch of guys beating their heads against it. Uh, doctors, you know, I don't know where it's coming from, but I feel like the, the the sport is under attack. I said two years ago again that the, the NFL would be done within. Our lifetime right. within the next twenty years, I think I'm willing to go out there and say it could be even sooner than that. Now, now you're still seeing deals signed. Verizon just had a two and a half billion dollar deal for rights to the NFL. You're still going to see a lot of money thrown at it. But the thing that I think will do it, we're seeing more than ever more awareness of how dangerous and how violent the game is. We just talked about uh, who was it that got hurt Shazier. last week? It was Ryan Shazier yeah. when he hurt his back and he's you know still in the hospital. We just had Tom Savage this past weekend who gets hit and he's shaken. Yeah, uh, that was a huge deal. They're talking about concussion protocol, but the fear for me and why I think the NFL is in serious trouble is I think less and less children are playing, and that was something that. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar cited there was an ESPN study that said basketball is the most popular sport amongst youth. It's great. It's easy to play. It's cheap. You don't have to buy pads. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about your kid getting concussed or, or his back, you know, having a spinal cord sure. injury, which are very real issues that the NBA, uh, the NFL has and the NBA doesn't. You know, it's interesting that you say that because that, that should have been the first thing I said. But like, it, it's interesting because I have kids that play both. And I just recently came off of a football season with them. Um, and we're now in the middle of basketball season. And there is, I mean, you can feel it in a basketball gym, like the excitement that these kids have for the game, for the stars, for the product that's being put out by these stars. Like it, it's a passion. Like, and football, when you're out there on the field, you don't feel the same level of passion. And I get it. You're outdoors. So, so like when you're in a gym, um, like acoustically, everything's contained and you, and you feel a level of excitement better than you might outside. But I look at the kids' faces. Um, kids, when they're leaving a football field, look drained. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They look drained. And every, every day, um, through through the last three years or so, I've had to like drag my kid to football, uh, and now to he practice, to correct? practice. Right? They don't like to practice. They love no, the game, right. but they don't like to practice. Basketball is not like that. Like kids are like ready to go. Like my kids come. I work with a local high school. My young boys are in the gym every night on the side basket, getting it in, and they they play both. People ask me, are they better at basketball, or football? I don't know. It's like fifty fifty. But the passion. Um, and the connection that they have with the NBA is much different than it is with the NFL. I used to I, when I so I didn't start playing football until my junior high school, mm-hmm. and I remember going out. I remember this like it was crazy because I remember going out after school and guys dreading practice, yeah. like hating it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, why are we all playing if it's so bad? Right. And it was brutal. Like practice is not fun. Guys are banging heads. Uh, I remember going to basketball practice and loving it. Now there were some drills. There was a lot of drill work stuff that was, but, but like you couldn't wait. Like when are we scrimmaging? Right. What time is scrimmage? What time was, oh, we got to do drills for an hour, but we get to scrimmage in an hour, right? right yeah. Right. Okay. So we'll get to play. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Baseball, a little bit boring, but for different reasons, but most part guys had fun out there, but it was a little slower sport. Yeah. But you didn't have to, like, it wasn't the dread that come out. And that, that's at every level. College. I remember walking out to practice with guys 
and you'd see offensive and defensive linemen, these 300 pound guys just walking like as slow as like snails <laughs> on their way to the field because yeah. they were dreading what was going to go down in the next two hours. Really? It is not fun. Nobody likes to practice football and the games are fun. Yes. But now you're starting to see the risk that's coming with it. And I think there's a movement, and I think this might happen within the next three or four years, where kids are not going to be allowed to play tackle football before high school. And I think that's a very serious movement. If that happens, I don't know what that means for the future of the game. But I think we'll see the end of the NFL and the end of football as we know it in our lifetimes. Interesting. All right, let's move on to the, to the, the sport of the future, yeah. <laughs> then, which is the NBA. Because I agree with you. There are some great superstars. Uh, they're uh, more socially aware. Yeah. They're great on social media. One guy who's a little bit flying under the radar, one of the more shy superstars in the NBA is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he finally returns to the Spurs, but they lost in a game to the Mavs. Uh, let's hear what LaMarcus Aldridge had to say about it. It looked good. You know, it's going to take time, you know, to, you know, to get back to the, uh, you know, the, the, the Kawhi that we know, but I thought he looked good, you know, first game in a long time, you know, uh, look comfortable out there, you know, making plays and, you know, that's going to be him. All right, so everybody's been talking about the Houston Rockets. They've been on fire. Golden State Warriors, still super team. They've had some injuries, but they're still right there in the two seed. Spurs are in the three seed. Can they challenge those top two for a legit chance to win the Western Conference? No. I mean, they could challenge, they could challenge Houston maybe, uh, but I don't, I don't see them challenging Golden State. I, the Spurs are going to be what the Spurs are. They are, they're always a top tier Western Conference team. And, and I shouldn't say no unequivocally because, yeah, anything could happen. And, but, but just, you know, my gut watching one team versus the other, there's not enough firepower in San Antonio to beat Golden State over a course of a series. Now, Popovich can scheme them up with the best of them and put them in positions to maybe, you know, beat them here or there, but, but not over the long haul, right? Like Golden State's going to win that. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, which you didn't hear in that interview, (laughs) what he wanted to say was, I've been playing great. (laughs) I've been playing fantastic, and I've held the fort down. Um, Please don't come back and jack this mojo up, Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) That's what you didn't hear him say in the interview. And I hope for his sake and for Kawhi's sake, because they need to figure out how to be 1A and 1B there. Um, Kawhi had a fantastic year last year. Clearly the face of the franchise in San Antonio now. Um, and by no fault of his um, was it that LaMarcus Aldridge couldn't figure out you know, how to fit in last year. But he has figured it out in your absence. And now you've got to figure out if you're, if you're Kawhi how to come back and fit in with LaMarcus. It can still be your team. But like LaMarcus is averaging 22. Like he's five points more per game than he was last year. He's averaging about four more shot attempts. He's about 20% better from the field. Like That is not... Um, a coincidence. Like, there's clearly something going on between the two of them on the court. Doesn't mean that they don't like playing to, with each other or that it can't work, but they've got to figure it out. To be that viable team in the West that you're asking me, they both got to be firing on all cylinders. Is the Marcus Aldridge soft, like mentally? Because I look back at him and I see what he did in Portland. Like, he's had to shut down his Twitter account. Like, he seems like he's a little bit of a basket case mentally. Yeah. And I think you cannot be that and be one of the best players in the league with as much skill set, as strong a skill set as he has, and be a great championship-worthy team if you're mentally soft. I don't know that he's mentally soft. I think he's different. Um, you know, some of those guys are just aren't, aren't exactly what you would expect out of a – out of a superstar, right? It's not always straightforward and to the point with them. Like he, he's just a little different, but I don't think he's soft. I played against LaMarcus. Um, you don't score, rebound and produce the way he has over a career. Um, and, and, and be soft. He's, he's not soft. Now, um, 
relationships are really important in basketball sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of what kind of like person he is. He seems like a great dude, but I don't know if he's like one of those dudes that's so standoffish that you don't really get to know him and he doesn't let you in his you know his personal life. And sometimes you know you don't always have to love the guy that you're playing with. But it helps. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. When, especially in a, in a game that's as fluid as basketball and chemistry is so important. It really helps if you guys are buddies. And I can't speak to that, but I don't think he saw it. Uh, the Spurs, to me, are the team that everybody always overlooks every single year. Last year, as great as the Warriors were, the Spurs were still setting home winning records yeah. you know, that we've never seen before in the NBA. But again, I, I tend to agree with you. I still think it's going to be the Warriors. I think the Rockets, Warriors are more likely in a Western Conference Finals. And frankly, I think it'd be more fun to watch sure. than it would be the Spurs. But we'll have to see what Pop can get going in the uh, second half of the season. All right. Madison Square Garden, one of the best places in sports to play. It was Lonzo Ball's. First game there. They're facing the Knicks. It was an exciting game. I watched some of it. Here were some highlights. Here's Caldwell Pope. Porzingis in pursuit. And Ball throws it down. What a pass for Caldwell Pope. And Lonzo Ball with the finish. Lakers by two. Jack to Porzingis. Steps back. It's good. Christoph Porzingis with 29. And we're tied again. So it was fun. A lot of young superstars on the court. The energy in the crowd was garden-like. Like right. It's what you would expect to see in New York City when they're playing. Uh, Lonzo had a great, and the Lakers had a great third quarter. Uh, had some highlights there. His dad, of course, is wearing red so you can spot him. He's <laughs> jumping on the sideline, like going at it with Spike Lee. I watched the game because I had a vested interest in it. Actually ended up on the losing side of that one late due to a controversial call. But what are your impressions of these? I feel like we haven't talked about the Knicks very much, and we have talked about Lonzo Ball a ton. If the season ended now, Knicks are on the outside; they're in the ninth seed. Do you think they can make a push to get into the playoffs? And it could, if they could, if they can, can they make a run? Um, yes and no. Like, I, why not make a run in the Eastern Conference? I mean, the, the <laughs> but, but, who can't make a run in the Eastern Conference at this point? Um, so I think they could, um, whether they will or not. I would, I would say, yeah. I think they could slide into the eight spot. They can't make a run at it. I mean, they're not going to beat the better teams in the Eastern Conference. But I, that's a win for you this year. Like getting rid of Carmelo and and you know the Tim Hardaway situation. Like people debated whether that money was was warranted. I tend to think it was. Um, you got Michael Beasley coming back from where was he? China. I mean that. You know, the, for them making the eight spot, if they could squeeze in, that's a win for New York. But they're not going to challenge. Kristaps um, Porzingis is. Like he's he's nasty. He's just a bad. He's a bad man. Like what, at, at that size and that length, he really does remind me of a young Dirk, but just with a little bit more dog in him than Dirk had at the time. Yeah. I played with Dirk like in his third year, I think it was maybe fourth, um, and he was cold, but he wasn't. He wasn't like as tough as he as he became. Like Kristaps seems to have a little edge on his shoulder. He's not already. afraid. No, he's not. Like he's he's coming at you, um, and the Lakers. They've been they've been playing well. Like you don't expect young teams to go on the road and pull out wins and like in Philly and in Charlotte and be in overtime in the guard. Like, like you just expect their, you know, their focus to be all over the place. And they seem to be pretty focused. I like that Lonzo um, showed you a little bit of personality last night. You're on the big stage. I feel like he's like almost too reserved and too cool for school at times. You, you know, you throw him that lob, he smashes it, and he gives the camera a little glimpse into like who he is as a person. I like that. I think he's coming out of his shell. So. Um, for two relatively bad teams in the Garden, I thought it was a good show. Yeah, I thought so too. Well, Lonzo, as far as progression, and I feel like he's the most talked about rookie because of his dad, because of all that. I think his dad, that's the desire. You're building a brand. Of so he's going to have a ton of scrutiny on him. Where would you assess his game right now? 
Um, I don't think it's changed that much. I think we've seen ups and we've seen downs. We've yeah. seen him get hot and cold, but he's still kind of just a rookie. Look, numbers can lie, but he's he's at nine, seven rebounds, and seven assists per game. The rebounds and the assists, like Debo and I were talking about, those are solid, solid numbers for a rookie. Nine points isn't terrible, except you look at he's shooting 33% from the floor. Now, rookies typically, when they come in, like there's an adjustment to the size and speed. So you expect, especially guards at times, to struggle with their field goal percentage earlier in their career. I'll forgive him some of that. I think he's okay. You know, I don't think he's, you know, even if you asked him, I don't think he feels like he's playing as good as he could play. But I don't think he's playing as bad as people want to make him out to be playing. I think he's doing just fine. The guy that he gets compared a lot to, Jason Kidd, his rookie season, Jason Kidd averaged 11, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. So similar type numbers, a little bit more production from a scoring aspect. And I think that's my biggest concern with Lonzo moving forward is that shot. Can he fix it? Can Can he get it off quicker? Can he adjust his technique? And I don't know. I don't know if you can do that without seriously uh, having a regression first. You know right. what I mean? Like, I think yeah. there's, if he if he does decide to go with a new motion, well, he, I don't think you go with a new motion. You hit you hit the nail on the head. It's quicker. Like there was a play late. It was in overtime, as a matter of fact. First play for the Lakers. He came off of a high screen and roll, and Frank Nilakina went under the screen and roll. And Lonzo made the right call, which was to pull. Right? Like mm-hmm. if you go under a screen and roll as a pro, you're a ball handler. You're supposed to shoot the shot. It took him so long to get it off that Nilkina got back in the play and he had to fake like he got fouled. The, sh- it, the motion is too slow. So I would reference, like, if I were him, I would get with the kid, um, I forget his name. He's from Cleveland. He played for Sacramento for all that time. Um, you know his name, man? He, uh, Frank, no, 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 what's his name? He had a shot just like that. Um, dang, why can't In the NBA? Yes. Kevin Martin? Kevin Martin. And he was <laughs> a nightmare. Debo. He's a nightmare to guard. Great call. Um, same shot across his face. Um, drew all kind of fouls shooting it, scored a ton of points in the NBA. No matter where he was, he was known as a scorer. Uh, get with a guy like that in the offseason, pick his brain, have some workouts, right? Like, you don't have to change your motion, but you got to get quicker with the release and a little craftier. All right, you said something about Porzingis, uh, Chris Dops. Like, I think we all appreciate what he does, but you've seen some pretty similar skill set guys. Yeah. Who would you rather start a franchise with if you had Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns or Kristaps Porzingis? Cat. You would. I would. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just. He's a special kid. I mean, he's a, he's a very rare, like he's mature. Yeah. He's kind of different. I don't think he's into the lifestyle, the NBA lifestyle. He just wants to be great. Yeah. I, I, I get that sense from him too. And not knowing any of them personally, like that would be probably the deciding factor for me because they all have like just gifts beyond gifts. Right. And, and I, I just. I think Cat's versatility, I think he's better with the ball than Chris Dabbs. Um, I think he's got more range. It's probably a little more versatile than, than Joel, even, and more fluid. Um, I, I, I just, wouldn't touch Embiid because of the injury history. Like, as great as he is when he's healthy, yeah, I'm not going to take that risk. 100%. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's do uh, some MVP discussion. Because okay. the NFL, it's been a hot topic this year. Who should it go to? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Carson Wentz? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, like there have been some very viable candidates. I think the thing that's interesting to me is I think Tom Brady, there's a little bit of fatigue with Tom Brady because he's been around, he's 40, he's had the MVP, MVP twice. Right. I think there's a little bit of that LeBron effect, like people don't want to see him do it. But I think there's absolute appreciation for him. So he's, But he is the favorite in the clubhouse, minus 200. Second, according to Vegas, is Carson Wentz at plus 450, who is done. Right. Would you have a problem voting for him, even though he misses the last three games in a postseason run for the Eagles? Um, if the Eagles fell apart at this point, I would not have a problem 
voting. Right, that would almost make it more of a <laughs> yeah, case for him. Absolutely. Um, because I think we look at that MVP thing through like the wrong prism. Like it's, it's the most valuable player to your team. It's not the best player on the team with the most wins, but that's who we typically give it to, right? Like even NFL, NBA, that's who gets it. It's the mm-hmm. best player on the team with the most wins, but that's not what the, what the MVP, in my opinion, should be. So I wouldn't have a problem if, if it was apparent that this, the, the Eagles couldn't play without him. I agree with you. He's already got MVP type numbers. Like he doesn't even have to do that much more. But if you went sheerly by which guy is doing the most for their team and his team's not that great as Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like when I watch him play and we, we were talked about him a couple weeks ago. Yep. He's according, he's accounting for 90 something percent <laughs> of their incredible. production, yeah. like their points on the board and how many times he scrambles around literally and puts the team on his back. I think he deserves consideration too. Ultimately, I probably would go with Brady. And I know he's coming off his worst game, and I know people are trashing him. I This is what's driving me nuts about Brady. I think people are are wanting so bad to say, there's the end. Look, he's 40. He's done. Yeah. They're almost rooting for it to happen. Like, yeah, he had a bad game. Yeah, there were a ton of guys hurt on his team. It was just a bad game. I have, I, I'm not looking at Tom Brady now and saying, oh, uh, he's done. He's, he's There's the end. There he's 40 now. The age is going to catch up to him. That drives me nuts because I feel like people are trying to be the first one that said, there it is, there's the end, right? and just sit back and watch him play. You're just throwing stuff at the board to see what sticks. Like, what? everyone has a bad game. Yeah. Everyone. 40, 22, 30, like, teams have bad games. It, it, that's an, that was an anomaly the other night in, in Miami. And his, like, statistically, if you look at his performances in Florida, he, like, he struggles in hard rock or whatever whatever it was back then. He just yeah. doesn't, he doesn't play great there. Um if you don't think Tom Brady is going to bounce back, are they at Heinz Field this week? Uh, where is that game? Is that home or away? I think it's in New England. Pittsburgh. It's in, it's in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. If you don't, if you're crazy, if you don't think Tom Brady's not going to come out and look like a savage, and next he weekend. owns the Steelers, Bro, you're like crazy. his story, like talking about struggling against the Dolphins, he yeah. owns the Steelers. So I'm with you, and I think that'll be telling. Yep, I think we'll get to see where he is because he did seem out of sorts. I think it's ex- uh, expected to uh, to have that every once in a while. If you uh you had five MVPs that you played with, two while you were on the team with them. Yeah. And, uh, I said something Nash. about me. No. Exactly. Like, you're the, you're the, you're the guy that's helping them do it. Like, hey, they're only as good as their teammates. Uh, do you think it should ever be as someone beside a quarterback? Yeah. It totally should, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I was looking at the list and then, I, you know, I forgot the guys like Sean Alexander and then one, but yeah, I absolutely think, I mean, quarterbacks clearly, um, when they're, when they're good or when they're really bad could, could make or break your season. Like, there's no denying that, but, Absolutely, some like especially running backs. I, defensively, sometimes I have a hard time because I don't know. I, that's a hard one for me. But yeah. but running backs, like receivers that completely completely change like games and, and seasons, I'd have no problem. I think because I think the quarterback's the most valuable position in all of sports. Yeah. But I think in order for somebody a running back to do it, they have to do something historically great. Like when Adrian Peterson won in 2012, he was challenging. Eric Dickerson's all-time rushing record. Uh, so I think that's the type of numbers you have to put. If right. it was a defensive player, maybe it's here like Strahan had when he broke the all-time sack record. But other than that, it's just you can only make so much. You know, you see J.J. Watt, you know, he has an impressive year. And there are times when you look at him and you're like, man, if he moves around to a different team, right. he could take that team to the playoffs from the defensive side of the ball because it's creating turnovers, scooping scores, pick sixes, yep. those types of things. But they should just be the quarterback all the time. <laughs> uh, former MVP, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is now cleared to return. So we talked about that on Monday. Should he come back? Don't do Should it. he not? Don't do it. 
He's coming back. Don't do it. They're going to make a run. They're seven and six. And oh, by the way, he's coming back against the Carolina Panthers, who are really good. He's got to do it on the road. Then he plays the Vikings and then on the road against the Lions. So very impactful games where, yeah, if they win, win out, they're in. Should I he mean, have come back? Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess you come back. Uh, I, I personally, like if I was a player, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want to come back. Like I want to come back because I think we can get this thing done. If I'm a franchise, or if I'm I am a like in the top brass of that franchise, don't don't come back. Like realistically, are we winning a Super Bowl this year? Like is that a Super Bowl roster? I'm asking you. Or, I think that... if you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a chance at the Super Bowl. Especially this year when you look around, like the Eagles. Yeah, they were the best team in the NFC, starting yeah. to separate themselves. Carson Wentz gets hurt. They could they're susceptible now. You've got Minnesota playing in your division. Yeah. Who, yeah, they've looked great, but they got Case Keenum. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Even on the round, the other side. Now, the AFC teams are kind of, they're still at Big Ben. You got the Steelers lighting it up and you got the Patriots. Could you, in a one game scenario, I put Aaron Rodgers against anybody and say, give me, give him the ball and he can beat anybody. He's that good and that impactful. All right. So they've got to play at, is it at? At Carolina. At Carolina. Who's really good. Top, right. top three in most defensive categories. That's scary. And they play home against the Vikings, another defense, uh, which is really good. Then away. And then away against right, the Lions. That, that gets you in, right? Yeah. Like, potentially. Yeah. But then you got to go on the road against who in the playoffs? Who would you have in the NFC? Like you'd have. Um, it depends. Have, it would probably be the Rams the at Rams, this point if right. they win the West, or it could again, be the, a team with could very be the young Saints. team against Drew Brees and the Saints. Like I, I just put. I think, but with, this is all on the road. You're talking about one home game in the midst of like that's five, yeah, but that might be better getting you, out of Green Bay in that maybe. crappy weather, especially uh, yeah, if you're hurt. <laughs> hey, look, I don't know. I just you know I'm always one of those guys that says. Uh, you know, err on the side of like protecting the player and protecting yeah. your future. But, but he's got so he's financially he's secure. Yeah. When is his deal up? He might be up pretty soon because he's but he's made a boatload of money. No, it, it's not even about the money necessarily. But I mean, like you've got a shattered like you just described yeah, all the hardware that's in his thirteen screws like, in his shoulder. You shatter that again. Like, what is the perspective for your career having any longevity? So they you, still need help, Debo. If they went out, they still need help. Yeah, they still need uh, the Seahawks to lose to the Rams, and they're two games behind the Panthers. So if they lose, he's got two more years left on his deal. I, I think you're, I think you're, I think he's a competitor. Again, I said this on Monday. I think it all depends on his relationship with the medical staff. Right. You got to trust that doctor and say, if I fall on this. Is it going to re-injure? Is it going to shatter again? Am I going to break it they again? They can't promise you that. You know that. You know that. Like you know, they can't promise you that. But he can tell you how. How are you in the rehab process? This is one where you, I think he's going to have to protect himself. This is where. But I trust him as a veteran player who likes to scramble around. I think he'll throw it away. I think he'll slide earlier than you've ever seen. So, but sometimes there's just blindside hits you can't help. Listen, if you're going to do, if you're going to play, then please look like like Tom Brady did, which I should have touched on a second ago um, when the Dolphins were getting after him. That cat would come out of like his play Talking. action fake and just like slide and throw it into the ground in one motion. <laughs> and like, you probably will. You will yeah. see. Peyton Manning was excellent at that his last couple Hilarious. of years. He would go down like within five feet. The guy wouldn't be close to him. He's down. <laughs> like, he's not even trying. And that'll that. be, I think that'll be harder. I hate it. It'll be hard for Aaron because he's right. a scrambler. Like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning can't run around. So it'll be a challenge for him. It's time to have some fun, Raja. Alrighty. Let's get to our weekly. It's Wednesday. So we got to do our top five. Devin Hester just announced his retirement. Dude was one of the most exciting players to watch returning the football. Hurricane. Yeah. Uh, ex- incredible return skills. You almost felt like you had to watch the TV. So our boy Debo came up with a list. What are your top five all-time Ooh. must-watch players? Like you, this is one where if you're out with your lady, 
You'd be like, hey, I, I got to get back to a TV. You know, like <laughs> right. you got to get home. If your kids are around playing, they're like, daddy, daddy. No, kids, go outside. Go outside and play. I need to watch this game. Yes. Who are your top five all-time must-watch players, athletes? All right. That's a tough one. There are a lot of – oh, man. But I I probably show my age in this because I'm biased to, like, the, the era that I grew up in. But uh-huh. um any night, late 90s hurricane football team, <laughs> oh, all of them. That's a homer must move watch, right there. Must watch. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with – and this is in no particular order. This is just top oh, five okay. that I came up with. John McEnroe. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I, you know, I love a little bit of, like, a, like controversy and a little bit of, like, crazy and just – like he was a dope tennis player when I was out, my first sport was playing tennis. Yeah. Um, but just what he might do to like a chair ump or the flip out or whatever, I, I, that was much watch TV for me. Um, <laughs> and you played a little tennis. I did. That was yeah. my first sport. So like I, I, I like John Mack. Um, Tiger Woods, like on a Sunday, uh, black and red, mm-hmm. fist pumping. Yep. Like I'm all in on Tiger. Um, fo- I feel like I got to put like a pro football player and it was a toss up between Barry Sanders and, and Deion Sanders. Right, like prime time or 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 Barry. I went with Barry uh, because like I I like to see people get juked and, yeah. and he was like electric with that. And then it's not it's no brainer for number one is MJ. Yeah, that was my number one yeah, too. No That's brainer. like a no brainer yeah. for me. Uh, all right, so my top five. I felt like I had to do something current, so I was trying to think around. And this one, I'm not even so sure it comes in for what he accomplishes in the ring. Right. But it might be for what he accomplishes in the press conferences. Conor McGregor. Conor. To me, that dude is the most entertaining athlete we have right now. Nice. And I don't know if we see him fight again, because even Dana White, uh, the head of UFC, has said, hey, if you got a hundred million dollars, it's a lot harder to get and get punched in the face. Right. But he was much, and he's, and he backs it up. Like he's gone in there and he's done it. Played, you know, not only been MMA, but also boxed. Like this dude got some, some entertainment uh, factor. I don't know if he boxed. Oh, he was good. He was Box. legit. He was, uh, I, I want to see him get another <laughs> shot at Floyd. I think he could take some, I can think he could take money Mayweather. And I think Mayweather's a little nervous after there after five or six rounds. Uh, all right. Number four for me was Dion. Primetime. Yeah. And Barry was an outstanding. That was a good choice. I looked over, overlooked that one. But Dion, the fact that he did other things was playing both ways. Yep. And you could throw in the baseball when he's taking the helicopter back and forth to the World Series with yeah. on the Braves. That was incredible. Number three, I got another one. I think this one you forgot about. Mike Tyson. Oh. Cause Mike Tyson was one where we actually, Bobby Bowden, we used to get some of his fights the, the, the night before our game so we could watch them. Yeah. He was, you, and it might only last 90 seconds. It's a great call. But his entry to the ring when he comes out there, towel just cut and put call. over his head and the black uh, pants and black boots. Yeah. That dude was scary to watch. And then my two and one are the same as yours. Tiger and MJ. Yeah. But I think it's crazy. I don't think you would have, if you would have asked anybody 20 years ago, like nobody would have said Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer, or like golf fans would have. Right. But I think a lot more people would have said Tiger. Yeah. And like just casual people would say, Hey, yeah, I want to see Tiger Woods get out there and do it. Well, why? Like, what do you what do you attribute that trans- to? Like, I think it transcends a lot of things that golf. It's not very relatable because you right. think it was a rich white person's sport. Yeah. And I think Tiger brought, you know, he brought diversity to the sport. He brought excitement. He was fist bumping. He did have a. A glare, like a game face, and yeah. before it's the gentleman's sport, like, hey, nice shot, golf right. clap, like he's <laughs> yeah. out there having fun. He like, brought some swag to yeah, it. Yeah, he absolutely did. So I, I can, uh, I can appreciate that. Debo, anybody feel like we left off? Uh, I mean, for me, Iverson is my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Just growing up, and guy you played with. Steve Nash is another one on that list. Yeah, Nasty was he was nice too. Yeah. It's a, I mean, if you're on top five of all time. It's pretty hard to like. Uh, magic, know. magic was in my like. I had a few that just barely made the cut. Like Magic Showtime, do you remember like something? Yeah, something for did, sure. 
Larry, Larry Legend. Yeah. Like, really. Like, Those games to me were more about, like, if you said rivalries that I had to watch, yeah. it was Lakers Celtics all day long. Had all to day. tune in for that one. Roger, what about, like, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper? <laughs> Trout. What, <laughs> Fisherman? <laughs> Fisherman we're talking about? It's hard to say Kurt a Schilling. baseball player. <laughs> Think of, is there any baseball player that you would say, I have to tune in and watch? Who he hit it. Like, they're, they're, like, Bryce that, Harper might be one. Though. That home run race that year. Oh like, yeah, with I, Sammy Sosa. Like Mark we were McGuire. missing like pickup basketball games to watch to watch some of that stuff. Like yeah. it was exciting back then. But generally speaking, on a regular year, Barry Bonds you know. when he was chasing the, the all time oh. uh, home run record, he was that was. And I remember they were breaking in on ESPN like they'd be in a college hoops game yeah. or that, like some other sport, and they would break in the game and say, "Let's go live now." I think it might have been NFL or something. It was. It was nuts when he yeah. was getting late in that season when they were trying to check him out and uh, do that. But yeah, that would be a good, good option as well. All right, let's do some topics to finish off the show. Let's have some fun. All right, so we loved the snow game in Buffalo yeah. this past weekend. Kickers probably don't, and I don't think Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri does at all because that game potentially could cost him $500,000. He had an incentive in his contract that he has to hit above 90% of field goals on the year, and he gets that 500K. He missed two field goals in that game, bringing him down to 88%. So did you guys ever have incentives in your deal, or could you see where it factors in to help people play? Yeah, that sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those where I'm asking, hey, is it a missed field goal if I slip before I attempt the field goal, right? So I don't have to give up the 500K on a miss. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I had one um, in Phoenix. I always hated incentive-laden deals like because I felt like you know they were conflicts of interest at times. I had a deal in Phoenix where – if I average 15 points a game, it got me like an extra 100,000 or something from Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at like 14 point, was I like, are you looking it up? Was I 14.9 in 06 or 07, one of those years? Or 14. And you had to get 15? And I needed to get like 15, but I was close. Like it was, what is it? Yeah. What Two thousand five, two thousand six, and two thousand six, two thousand seven. Fourteen point seven points a game both years. Right. So I'm I'm close, and I know this. Like with a month and a half, two months left in the season, and it becomes like, do I shoot a couple extra shots and take us out of rhythm, or no? Real talk, or do do I do I just play to win? And I I was always like, I, I don't need I don't need that. Like I want to win a cha- like I want to try to win a championship. Right. So I never bought into that. But you know. There were people who I'm sure were playing. Like we, I played with some guys, big guys. That if you tried to steal one of their rebounds, they get angry at you. Like they, they would literally be yelling at you and mfing you to get out of here, taking rebounds away from them. And you knew why they wanted all those rebounds. It was for the actual stat. I, I played with players that knew, and I could never understand this. How in God's name do you know your whole stat line in the third quarter, having played you know, 27 minutes, banging it out down there under the boards, but they have it in their head? Because there's a lot of incentives on the line. Isn't it easy though in the uh, in, in in every sport now? Because every stadium, every arena, they have your stats somewhere on yeah. the arena. Like they have your passing stats, they have your shooting stats. They now they points. do. Back, yeah. back then it wasn't <laughs> they as easy. Didn't. Like so they were, you they had were to watching. either get a stat sheet or you had to be calculating it in your head, which was fantastic. Like it was, it was just blew me away. I love the incentives. I think they're great <laughs> for the game. I think guaranteed money is. Bad right. for the product. I think guys get – and, like, you see Russell Westbrook get 280, whatever it was. You see Alex Rodriguez get, you know, two back-to-back $250 million deals. They're getting that no matter what. Yep. So I think some guys shut it down. And you always see guys raise their level of play when it's a contract year, and you're like, oh, contract year. That's why he's giving this, you know, all this effort. If you had guys going out there that had to produce to earn their paycheck, I think you would get a better product on the court. Now, I do think it would bring in some conflicts. Like, the individual scoring – I think that could present a problem because then and then you'll Huge get guys problem. fighting on the Huge team. Like, are you problem. kidding me? I need that shot to end the game. 
Uh, I had some incentives in my one contract I had for the Giants. And it was funny because there was like MVP of yeah. the league incentive. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I never sniffed that. But there was also, there was also some playing. When I was a backup, there was some incentives written that if I played 50% or more of the snaps, I would get a certain amount of pay. If I paid 25, because if you had to fill in for four games, they would try to get your play. I love that. Right. Because if I had to play, I didn't want to be making backup money. I want to make starter money. So right. they, they, that, there are ways that I think incentive-laden contracts can be very, really I like beneficial. Team in, I like team incentives. Yeah. I don't like individual goal incentives. You know, like but one of mine was making all defensive teams. That doesn't take away from, like, the team. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that. at the end of the day, that's a team thing. Um, but those ones, when you're talking about purely, like, um, um, you know, points per game yeah. and stuff like that, you, in the NBA, man, if you, if you just incentivize everybody on points per game, and the product would it, like, yeah, they'd be playing harder, but only to get them points. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if I should tell you this, yeah. but in '07, all you needed all season was 27 more points, and you would have hit no, that. No, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I I had calculated that at one point because like my agent, you know, made me aware of the fact, and I was like, it it's just it doesn't make that much sense to me. Like, it doesn't it wasn't worth it for me to try to do that. We had such a great thing going offensively. Like, what do I look like trying? Yeah, to Yeah, but you're a rare breed. A lot of dudes. No, I know. Like, Let me get that 27 and I put know. up 50 shots. Right. <laughs> Vinatieri still with a chance has to go at least five for five the rest of the season to hit that 500k. Uh, he's a guy that helped Tom Brady win a couple yeah. of Super Bowls. I'm not sure if he uses the TB12 method, but you can use the TB12 method now on your phone. Tom Brady is launching a wellness app. It's going to go for 19.99 a month, 199 a year. A you month? buying this? You a buying 99 it? 19.99 a month. That's the most expensive app I think I've heard of. What? You can get a free seven-day trial. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> so I, from your reaction, it sounds like you're not signing up. What? I'm going to have to fight my wife to make sure she doesn't sign up. Because she's, she's always telling me, she's always telling me, would you see what he eats? He and Giselle, they're eating you know, oh, you know, yeah. all this, uh, this. Avocado ice cream. Avocado ice cream. Sounds good. I like My avocado. wife's super healthy. She's yeah. always into the organic stuff. She's going to want to buy it. And she always tells me, like, oh, see how great he looks at 40? I'm like, whatever. Like, what, like, are, you, what yeah, are you saying? that's messed up. Right. I... I'll be real curious because I don't think anybody's going to buy this. He had his cookbook was a hundred bucks for just a cookbook, which was for all his recipes. Did now they he's going in an app. I don't know oh, what the numbers the were app. in it. They're going to buy the app. You think they're going to buy the app? A bunch of like overweight dads are going to come in and buy this thing. No, I don't know that it's going to be overweight dads. I think it's going to be the demo you just <laughs> really, you yeah, really. I think it's going to be wise. I think it's going to be yeah. They're going to buy the app. You um, know what you can do if you don't have to make this money? Like it's not how he's making his living. You can say yeah, I don't want it to be exclusive. I'm going to charge twenty bucks a month for it. Yeah, why not? Right. If it doesn't sell, who cares? But, but Tom, like what? Anyway, don't. He's me. very into the TB12 brand. Like this is, and here's what's real interesting. He says he wants to play to his forty-five. I think he wants to do it because he knows it'll project him into this next life, which right. I think he's going to be promote his lifestyle, his healthy lifestyle. Yeah, if you're willing to do the things he does, you'll probably look great and you'll feel great. Listen, I, I got, don't know if I want it that bad. Why like, do I, I need... want to enjoy life? I want to enjoy a meal every once in so, a while that has some spaghetti and pasta and, and bread. Damn right. But three weeks ago, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you know what, Rob? We got to do something about this. Let's get back. <laughs> like we just do. We have yeah. to. The holidays are coming up. Like we don't like the way we're feeling right now. We're a little sluggish and lethargic. Like, I don't need Tom Brady to tell me that I eat too much saturated fat or that French fries aren't good for me or I shouldn't have a, like, so for three weeks now, I've been living a relatively healthy lifestyle. I need to get RB19, uh, <laughs> lifestyle up. RB19, let's get it going. $7.99 a month. I'm going to undercut Tom Brady and Giselle. Um, <laughs> see how we can roll with that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's start the app. And by the way, the cookbook sold out online. $200 cookbook. 
two hundred dollars. I was wrong. I thought it was a hundred. Get them, I got sold no out though. I got no beef. Is it like collectors? There's only like a thousand copies. That's insane to me. I got no beef hey, with you, Tommy. More power too. If you can get them to buy it, hey, it's all about supply and demand, <laughs> suckers. Hey, Tom Brady thinks he might be able to play well into his forties, maybe even fifty nope. years old. He's forty right now. Well, Kansas State head coach Bill Snyder is expected to return. Reports are that he'll return as a 78-year-old and will turn 79 at some point during next season. How old is too old to coach? Danny, you played for Bobby Bowden. He was 67 when you left Florida State. Raja, you played for Larry Brown when he was 69 with the Charlotte uh, Bobcats at the time. Also, Jerry Sloan when he was 68. Yeah. How old's too old? Uh, 78 would be too old. <laughs> it would. You think so? I do. Um, but here's what I'll say to that. Um, Jerry Sloan. You know, I saw, I was with Jerry. I love Jerry. Like, salt of the earth type of dude. Man's man. Like, I, I, I went to go back to Utah to play for Jerry. Um, when he left the Jazz, he took a couple years away. I saw him a few years later. He had lost what, what meant the most to him. Mm -hmm. Right? And he just didn't look the same. It looked like some of the life was out of him. You know, I looked into his eyes and I talked to him and he didn't look like the same guy. You know? And so, there's something to be said for that. So, if, if that's what Bill Snyder loves, like, if that's what keeps him, you know, going and, and, and feeling fulfilled and having, you know, you know, goals achieved, then, then do it, bro. Go out there and do it. But it, that's a lot of energy that goes into that, into coaching. Yeah. I think it's different for different people. Like Joe Paterno at the end, he looked too old. Right. Even Bobby Bowden at the end started to look like he lost touch with his players. He wasn't with me. Right. Um, but I think there's an age and Bobby Bowden famously said, He's like, I don't want to retire because he's like, there's only one big event after retirement. Right. And he was like, that's death. Like he didn't, and he did not want to face that. Um, if you love what you do, do it for as long as you can. I don't think Bill Snyder's there yet. I think you can be a football coach and you can be the face of the program and yet you can still have really good assistance. Right. His son's on his staff. He really wants to hand it off to his son. Um, they had a deal in place for Bobby Bowden, which I kind of wish he would have taken because Jimbo Fisher was there. And he was the head coach in waiting. And Jimbo was pressuring, saying, hey, I want to be the coach. Like, he wanted to get his opportunity. And they had a deal in place where they were kind of let Bobby be like this, like, more, not even head coach. Ambassador but, of yeah, the like program. Yeah, like ambassador of the yeah. program. And I kind of wish he would have taken it because I still think you can be a part of the team and be somebody that players can lean on, more yeah. of a an advisory role mm -hmm. and kind of step aside but still have it be just as important to you. But man, you're talking about guys who have been the head guy for 30 and 40 years. It's hard for them to step tough, aside and just hand over the reins. So I think it varies from everybody. When he was 67, he didn't get that involved in every single play. He was more of a figurehead then, but it's different for everybody. Yeah. I think everybody has to approach that decision to, uh, you know, uh, at, at different times. All right. Hit us up. Thank you for listening. It's been fun. You guys are real. I don't know how to transition to the end here really smoothly, but thanks for checking us out. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. When you do, hit us up with some topics, some top five topics you want to hear our top five. Make sure and go follow us at Canel and Bell. Our boy Debo is running that account. I think people thought it was me, so they were getting a lot more hate. <laughs> now they're realizing it's him. Oh, I think they're interacting a little bit, a little bit more right. friendly. Uh, Make sure you go check us out if you're not on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, all those other spots. Thanks for checking us out. We'll be back Friday with our picks and props. Is Canelo a winner? Not yet. <laughs> all right. We're going to get in the win column on Friday.